Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Brothers and sisters, for those of you who joined us last night in celebrating the Easter Vigil, you heard these beautiful sequence of readings leading up to the feast of the Passover, the original Passover of the Jews, when they were led out of Egypt by the mighty hand of God. And God sent these plagues upon Egypt, who were oppressing his chosen people, up to and including this final and most destructive plague where he sent his destroying angels throughout the land. But the houses of his people were spared because they had marked over their doorposts and lintels with the blood of the Passover lamb. Likewise, friends, today we celebrate our Christian Passover. In Latin, it's called by the very same name, Pascha. Pascha, the past, the Passover. Our Christian Passover sees that we have passed over in a certain way with Jesus, with our Lamb who was slain and who is risen. We too have passed over with Him from death into life, from despair into hope, from wickedness and malice into sincerity and truth. Thus we hear St. Paul's instruction to us in today's epistle. Now the Jews, before they were led out of Egypt, they were instructed by the Lord to prepare unleavened bread. And this remains part of their Passover celebrations. Unleavened bread so that they could bear it with them on their journeys through the deserts. So to this day, when the Jews celebrate the Passover, they purge their homes of all leaven. And so St. Paul exhorts us, who have passed over with Christ into new life, therefore to purge our lives of the old leaven of wickedness and malice, and to be leavened instead with sincerity and truth. Okay, great, rejoice, alleluia. But our lives seem much the same, don't they? We hear these marvelous words proclaimed in the liturgy, that we have been raised with Christ to new life. But tomorrow, on Monday, we will go back to our familiar humdrum existence. The Church celebrates Easter, the Paschal season, for six weeks, but for most of us, the celebration is done before the kids have even finished opening all the Easter eggs. So, what gives? Where is this mystery of the resurrection? Where is the joy? Where is our participation in this new life? Well, consider, friends, where did the resurrection of Jesus take place? He could have chosen to appear in the sky above Jerusalem. He could have been raised up in a public way, surrounded by fireworks, light show, perhaps. He could have risen in majesty and in glory to proclaim to the Jews the truth of his messianic identity. But Jesus chose, rather, to rise from the dead in silence, in darkness, 
in the tomb. Now, St. Paul says, if you have died with Christ, if you have died with Him, if you have lain in the tomb with Him, seek then the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. If you have died with Him, you will share in His resurrection, you share in His life, you share in His glory, seated alongside the Father. So what does this mean? If we're going to look for the grace, for the joy, for the glory of the resurrection in our own lives, we have to look for our own death with Christ. Where do we find it? Well, principally, in the first place, we find it on the day of our baptisms, don't we? At baptism, we're plunged under the water and we're raised up again going beneath the waters to show that we have put the old man to death. We're washing away everything that remains of our old life, of our wickedness, of our sin. Death to the old man and rebirth clothed in the white garments of the new. But then our lives go on. And St. Paul says it this way. He says, Quotidie morior. I die daily. I die daily. And therefore, for St. Paul and all the saints, they are risen daily. As often as we die with Christ, we experience the grace of the resurrection. We are risen with Him. As often as we put the old man to death, we experience the new life of the new man clothed with the grace and the glory of Jesus. And thus St. Paul says, The life I live now is not my own, but Christ living in me. Now our final definitive share, if you like, in Christ's resurrection will come at the end of time when the, the final trumpet sounds huh? and the dead rise from their graves, body and soul reunited at last in perfect glorified integrity to dwell in peace forever with the Lord in the new heavens and the new earth. And we look for that day with longing and expectation, but friends, recognize that we are already caught up in this divine drama of death and resurrection. Quotidie morior. We are dying now. We are rising now. At this moment, this is the resurrection. This is the life. Every time you bite back a vicious word, every time you return an insult with a smile, every time you leave the last piece for someone else, huh? You're burying the old man, throwing a little more dirt on the grave, plunging deeper into the waters. And every time you choose to give generously of yourself, to give of your time, to love, 
really, without counting the cost. Friends, you breathe the airs of heaven. You breathe as one body with Jesus, risen and glorified. But this this glorious exchange, life for death, virtue for vice, sincerity for wickedness, truth for malice, it happens it happens in secret. It happens in silence, veiled as it were, like the rising of Jesus in the tomb, veiled in darkness, covered by a great stone. Our resurrection, our transformation, our glorious exchange occurs in secret, veiled by the everyday, mundane, ho-hum circumstances and struggles of our everyday lives. And so these annoyances, these struggles, these daily trials that we are going back to all too soon, many of us tomorrow, recognize, friends, these, these are no contradiction of the joy of the resurrection. They're the proof. They're where the meadow meets the road, where we get to live out our new life in Christ here and now. We Christians are are strange creatures. We have one foot on earth, one foot in heaven. And we see now, indeed, only mysteriously, like a shadow, through a glass, darkly, what we will one day know clearly in heaven. But hear these words of the Lord. He says to Mary Magdalene and Mary of Clopas and and Salome, Behold, I go before you as I promised, and there you shall see me. To them, he means Galilee. To us, he means in heaven, in glory. But recall also these words of the entrance antiphon. Behold, he says, I arose and am still with you. Alleluia. He is with us even now. He is the life we live. He is the breath we breathe. He is living in us now. And we are rising with him now. So friends, don't let this Easter come and go. Don't let your joy be carried out by the tide of your everyday life. Don't let this most solemn of days pass by like a blip in the calendar, soon forgotten. We, none of us, are going back to our our old lives tomorrow just as we were. But we go back changed, transformed, glorified, risen. We go back as apostles like St. Paul. We go back to be the new leaven of sincerity and truth in the world, in our families, in our workplaces, in our homes, in our neighborhoods. If only we let Christ Easter in us.
be a day spring to the dimness of us, be a crimson cresseted east, a new dawn, as the poet Hopkins has it. For he is risen as he promised, and we are rising with him. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Praised be Jesus Christ, now and forever.